welcome to the 2019 Unihill Christmas service. Who can believe Christmas is here already? Give me a wave. I can't believe it. I cannot believe it. And I've decided that every year I name a Christmas. I like to give it a a specific name that generally uh, talks about uh, what's been happening. So, for example, uh, who here has ever had a travel Christmas? Do you know the travel Christmas where no one's happy with you because you're going from one event to the next event and then you've got to leave your family due early so your mother is upset and then you've got to arrive at the other one and they're sad that you came late and the food's cold. Has anybody ever had a travel Christmas? Give me a wave. Oh, I see a few people here. So I have a gift for you to encourage you. I have a steering wheel. So who's had a travel Christmas before? There you go. Ladies in the middle, Christian, I'll get you to catch this for them. Oh, look at that. Beautiful. Sorry, Marie, I hate Jeunesse. All right. The travel Christmas, it exists. It it really does. What about the changed Christmas? Or how about the new Christmas? The new Christmas we celebrated on Friday. We moved here seven years to the day ago on Friday. Oh, thank you for applauding. That's great. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. I worked hard that day. I worked very hard. I still remember. And, um, you know, they're very special. So a a new Christmas could be a new house or a new job, or maybe it's uh, the first time you're having Christmas with a child. And I believe that there is a little baby here today. Uh, His name is Ollie. Is Ollie here or is there a mum and dad here? See, I would wear it, but it doesn't fit. Lockie, if you could come down the front very quickly. Come on, mate, run. You get used to it, mate. You'll be chasing a baby soon enough. You enjoy the stage where they don't crawl, but you want them to crawl. And then the moment they move, you go, oh. So I have here a triple four little outfit for you. That's all right. I will get him later. I've got a photo of him later. So no dramas. Beautiful. Give Lockie a hand. Hey, I actually, I actually have a sincere one that I, I want to give. You know, often there can be a Christmas that I label as the changed Christmas. Now, uh, there could be people, my, my nonnal. He passed away this year. So for me, this Christmas is a little bit different. It's changed because for the first time, I don't have my grandfather here to celebrate it with. So that, that is a, a, a moment, uh, you know, that I'll reflect upon. I'm grateful for his life. But is there anybody here that's had, that you're experiencing a changed Christmas this year? Just give me a quick wave. Hey, awesome. I have a little candle here. Let me come to you. Um, that I want, to, I want to give you and we're praying for you and we love you and give that to your mum. You can look at it. But it's awesome. I'll give a hand. All right, one more, one more. Now, I've got a conspiracy here. I want, to, I want to take a vote. Now, who's ever experienced the eating Christmas? Hello. I feel like you go from one meal to the next meal to the next meal. And you forget what it is like to feel hungry because you continue to eat. And I tell you, this is my conspiracy. Let me explain to you why Christmas is about food and and why, why everybody eats a lot at Christmas. Hot cross buns come out at Easter, correct? They come out earlier because they're good. Everybody likes hot cross buns. You only ever see Christmas pudding at Christmas time. Because it's so bad. But, but yet, 
But yet what happens is, oh, I'll have a little bit of pud. I'll have a little bit of pud. There's a bit of pud. Oh, I'll have a little bit of pud. Bit of, bit of custard. Who here likes Christmas pudding legitimately? Who here doesn't like Christmas pudding? We've split the room. So for those of you that like Christmas pudding, I have an Aldi $3.98 Christmas pudding. And Jimmy, come here, man. Let's give James a hand. Here's to not enjoying the Christmas pudding. You know, if you smother it with custard and can only taste custard, just eat custard. Christmas pudding. You know, what, what I began to recognise is this, is that no matter what type of Christmas that you're having, I think what's important is wherever you are on the scale, maybe at Christmas time, Christmas, it invokes feelings of joy and family and happiness and peace. But I know that there would be people in the room that at the same time, it's feelings of loneliness or sadness. They exist. Maybe it's because a loved one has moved on. But for me, what I like to do at Christmas is I like to reflect on the things that I am grateful for. And one of the things that I want to talk to you about I am most grateful for is the birth of Jesus Christ. Hey, I I loved the whole theme. Uh, I loved the video. Who enjoyed the video presentation? Stealing baby Jesus. It's brilliant. Stay calm and find baby Jesus. But the whole thing is the nativity scene is a very cool scene. For those of you that might not know what the nativity scene is, that's that scene where Jesus is he's in, a, he's in a, a farmhouse and he's surrounded by animals and his mum and dad are there and people have come to visit him and there's animals and he's laying in a manger. And when I see Jesus in a manger, for me, uh, it makes me feel so grateful at Christmas time because of him. So what I want to do is I want to spend 10 minutes this morning showing you why I'm grateful for Jesus. And what I'm going to do, I've called it the complete Christmas, uh, the the talk title. There's a reason for that. Uh, It's because I believe uh, right up front that that Jesus complete and fulfills my life. And uh, what I want to do is I want to use the Bible. There's a story in the Bible. Uh, There's a book of the Bible called Luke. It's written by a guy we think Luke makes sense. And um, we're going we're gonna to look at his uh, story, his, the way he wrote down about the life of Jesus. Now, the thing about Luke, which I really like, is uh, we find out in the Bible that he's actually, uh, he's a doctor. He's a physician. So he's not a crazy man. He, he is a guy that's well educated. And what else is cool about Luke writing it is he actually wasn't an eyewitness. What happened is he went and he talked to people about what Jesus did. He interviewed them. He he went with one of the the leaders of the the early church called the Apostle Paul. And what happened is he wrote down what he had found out from these guys and he believed it. And what's cool is that we're in the same situation. We are not eyewitnesses to what Jesus has done, but I tell you, I believe what he's done and it's real in my life. And I want to explain that to you. So what we're going to do is we're going to go to Luke chapter 2. Now, what happens is the whole book of Luke is about Jesus. It's about a baby that was born. God's son came to earth, lived a perfect life, died on a cross, 
rose again three days later so that we can have a relationship with God. So that baby that we see in the manger represents God's love for us and that He sent His Son. But what's happening in Luke chapter 2 is it's the start of the story. It's actually talking about Jesus' childhood and His birth. And we turn in Luke chapter 2 to this scene where Jesus is eight days old. And in the Jewish culture, they would go to the the church, the temple on the eighth day, and they would thank God for the fact the baby was born. And what happens is there's a guy there. His name is Simeon. Now, I really like Simeon uh, because I'm actually, I'm named, my dad wanted to name me Simeon, but my mum didn't like the name, so I'm Charles Simeon. He's still got it in there. And and what's cool is this guy... uh, is the first one uh, that God is, speaks to him and he's, he's at the temple and uh, he takes Jesus in his arms and he begins to thank God for him. Let me read to you what it says in Luke chapter 2, uh, verses 25. It'll come up on the screen. It says, Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was a righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolidation or consolation <laughs> of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went to the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. For the light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people. What's happened is they've rocked up at the temple, at the church. And this man's come up out of nowhere and he swept up Jesus in his arms. And he's saying, praise God. The salvation has come. The Saviour of the world is here. He says, you can now dismiss me in peace, God. My life is complete because I've encountered Jesus. So let let me tell you three things uh, that remind me to be grateful when I see that baby Jesus in a manger at Christmas time. The first one is this, and it'll be on uh, the screen. It's this. That Jesus is worth the wait and he completes your life. If it's possible, if I could have it on the back screen, then I don't need to use my notes. It said this in 26, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he'd seen the Lord's Messiah. He's in this moment. He's been waiting. Has anybody ever waited for something? My kids have been counting down Christmas since 100 days. That is a long time. It's been on the fridge. You've been waiting. You know what else recently in our community where there's been a lot of waiting and then the arrival and it's similar to the baby Jesus, we've had a lot of babies born in our church. And I'm very proud. I love all the kids here. Um, I get super excited about it. But have a look at this cuteness behind me. Have a look at this next slide and you'll see three of the cutest little things in the world. No, you won't. So we have had, ah, look at them. 
So right there on the right-hand side, that's Leo. Left, that's Ollie. That one's Leo. He's super cute. Uh, he was born, he was the first one uh, born about, I would say, about less than a couple of months ago, maybe six weeks ago, uh, a little bit less than that, and that's super cute. The one in the middle is Scout. Isn't she beautiful? So she is the daughter of our campus pastor in the East. And um, I was talking to Nathan uh, this week and he had to go into work for a function and he had to leave his wife Chanel and, and his baby and he cried on the way to work because he didn't want to leave his baby girl. And then this cutie pie on the left-hand side is Ollie. Right, whatever that one. This is Ollie. Bruce Rogers. The mighty grandson of our community pastor, John Graham, who shows us daily updates of photos. It's the same photo, but they're daily updates. But this is what happens. They get posted all over Facebook because they're celebrating what they've been waiting for. We've been waiting for our baby to come. And now our baby is here and we want to share it with the world. I think about Simeon and I think about that moment uh, in Luke chapter 2 where he sees Jesus and he, he sweeps up Jesus in his arms. And I wonder whether he'd had kids in the family and he was that awkward, I don't know how to move guy, or whether he was confident and he swept up the child and he begins to praise God. He begins to thank God. He says, God, you can dismiss me now. My life is complete because I've seen the Saviour. You see, with uh, Simeon, it says that he was a devout man. So he would have known Scripture. And it says in Isaiah, a prophecy about Jesus. It says this about Jesus. In Isaiah 61.1, it says that he'll bring good news to the poor. It says that he'll bind up and look after those with broken hearts. It says that he'll proclaim Freedom to those that are in captivity. It says that He will pull people that are held bound by darkness into the light. This is what it says in Isaiah. When He's holding the baby, He's thinking, oh my gosh, this is what we've been waiting for. This is the guy. This is the one that will set people free. And what's cool is two chapters later in the book of Luke, Jesus fulfills this prophecy. See, what happened is it was who He'd been waiting for the saviour of the world. He held this baby in his arms and he realised my life is complete because I've met the saviour. Do you know, at Christmas time, the question that I ponder is what am I waiting for? What am I rushing around? What am I looking at? Because in my life, I'm so grateful that I found Jesus. He was what I was waiting to encounter and guarantee me he was so worth the weight. The second thing, if we go to the next one, is this, is that Jesus brings peace and he is the giver of peace. When I look in this scripture, it says in the scripture in verse 29, it says, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss me, your servant, in peace. What he was saying is this, is that no matter what's going on now, I've encountered Jesus, so I'm okay. I'm okay. Because I've met Jesus. You know, I think about our world today and there can be so much 
peace in the world, but yet people have turmoil in their heart. But at the same time, there can be turmoil in the world and with Jesus, you can have peace in your heart because Jesus is the giver of peace. Do you know, when we think about this season, we know the slogan, it's the season of peace and goodwill. But the reason for me why I believe it's peace is because Jesus is the giver of peace. It says this in John 14, peace I leave with you. This is Jesus speaking. He says, my peace I give to you. In Colossians 3.15, it says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. In John 16.33, it says this, I have told you these things so that I may have and you may have peace. You see, Jesus is the giver of peace. And I think in a season where it can be so busy and it can be so joyful, but yet for people it can be fearful, it can be worrying. But I know that when I look at that baby in the manger, when I, when I look at that nativity scene, I carry peace because I know that because I've encountered Jesus like Simeon, that no matter what goes on in my world, I can have peace. I have the peace of God in my life. I read a cool quote this week that says this, peace with God brings the peace of God. It is a peace that settles our nerves, it fills our mind, it floods our spirit and in the midst of an uproar around us, it gives us assurance that everything is all right. You know, at Christmas, I see the nativity scene and I think to myself, I have Jesus no matter what happens, no matter what goes down, I have Jesus. Everything will be all right. Mark, I might get you to come. But the main reason and the one I want to land really on is this. There is a particular reason why when I see Jesus in a manger, that I know that my life is complete, that I know that I can have peace is because when I see that baby, I know that he was more than just a baby. It says this in the scripture in verse 30, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. You know, there's a story that I was told a few weeks back and I went on to research it. It's about a lady who wants to remain nameless. She's in France. She lives in France. And she was no one special. She wasn't overly poor. She wasn't overly rich. She was just living paycheck to paycheck. There was nothing special about her life. And she'd inherited a painting from her mum. She put it up in the kitchen. She didn't think it was overly special. It actually says in the article that because it was in the kitchen, it had been splattered with cooking oil. There was cooking oil all over it. And she walked past it day after day after day. And, and I often think of the, the fact that familiarity can breed contempt. It was like, yeah, it's there. It's a painting. It's from my mum. I put it in the kitchen. It doesn't really mean a lot to me. She walked past it every day looking at it going, whatever, my life is still a struggle. My life is still what it is until one day a person came along with a bit of knowledge. And he looked at the painting. He was an auctioneer and he said, that, that painting's by an Italian painter called Simbiu. It's about 700 years old. That's a very important painting. 
that she sold at auction for $26 million. She was walking past it and never recognised the value of what it was. She would walk past it day after day and look at it and not recognise the value. The fact that it could change her life. The fact that it did change her life. But yet at Christmas time, how often do we see the baby Jesus and we actually forget it's not a baby, it was a promise. And He was the Saviour of the world. You see, I don't ever wanna forget the value of that baby Jesus. At Christmas time, we see it. And my prayer is that I never forget the value. I started thinking about that lady. Can you imagine when all of a sudden she realised this painting is worth millions of dollars. This painting is gonna change my life. Can you imagine what that would be like to go, oh my gosh, that's been in my kitchen for years and now all of a sudden, the value. I think now that when I reflect on Simeon holding Jesus in his arms, how he would have felt. This is the Saviour of the world. This is the promise of God. This is the one that can restore us to God. You know, at Christmas time, when I see the baby in a manger, I think of the Scripture, John 3, 16. It says this, For God so loved the world. He loved every single individual from the youngest in the room to the oldest in the room. It says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son so that who could believe in Him would not perish, but live forever. You see, God gave the most precious gift of all time, His Son at Christmas time. Because this was the purpose of His life. God can't be around sin. God can't be around. He's so righteous that it can't be near Him. So what happened is, if you're like me, I've done stuff wrong. I've told lies. I've done things I shouldn't have done. I've cheated. I've done things. And what happened is that meant that God couldn't be around me because God can't be around sin. But then when I see that baby and I think of John 3:16, it says that God loved me so much that He gave His Son. You see, the plan for that baby was not to remain a baby, but that he'd grow into a man and live a perfect life, die on a cross. And his point of dying on the cross was simply this, that he took the punishment for my sin. You see, the way that you would be restored to God, the punishment for sin was that something needed to die in order for that person to be forgiven and be in relationship with God. And they used to use animals. But what happened is when He sent His Son, He said, the moment He dies on that cross, He pays the price for everyone so that no one would have to ever again. So what He's saying is this, He says, He loved the world so much that He gave His Son the only requirement to be forgiven and in right standing with God is that you believe in Him. 
and you receive eternal life. When I look at that baby at Christmas time, I see God's love for me. No matter my busyness, no matter the amount I'm eating, no matter how much has changed, no matter what it looks like, no matter how many times I've walked past it now, I see God's love and His forgiveness and that He made a way for me. So my prayer is simply as we we close today in a minute, we're gonna sing a song called Here Comes Heaven. It's singing about the baby Jesus. Because what happened is He was in heaven with God, but chose to become a man so that He could make a way for mankind to be back in a relationship with God. When I see that baby, I see that God loves me. When we sing this song, it's about the fact that the promised Messiah, that's Jesus. Do you know the word Messiah in the original language is Christos? That's why they said Jesus Christ. Jesus, He's the Messiah. He's the one that can save us. He's the one that restores us back to God. Christmas is a Christian holiday that celebrates that Jesus died so that the world could be in relationship with God because He loved us. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna sing this song one last time and then we're going to pray and then we're going to sing a carol and then we're going to go and have a lot of fun in the car park. There's jumping castles, laser tag, face painting. Yeah. But can I pray? Would that be okay? If we could close our eyes this morning, I want to ask everybody in this room a question. In the Bible and through the life of Jesus, the way that you are restored back to God so that you can go to heaven, so that you can live forever is to admit you've done something wrong because that's why you need Jesus and then believe that He lived and died so that you can be made into right standing with God through Jesus. So with every eye closed across this place, I wanna ask everybody a question. And the question is, this Christmas, right now in this moment, do you feel you're in right standing with God? Because what I want to do today is I want to give you an opportunity to make yourself right with God in order that you can be forgiven for everything you've ever done wrong because of what Jesus has done. Choose to believe that Jesus did live, He did die and He did rise again, rise again so that you can be in and know that when you leave here today, you're in right standing with God. So with every eye closed, I don't want anyone looking around, it'll only be me. If that's you and you wanna know that you know that you're in right standing with God this Christmas, would you just quickly put your hand up, wave at me and pop it down? Yep, see that hand, that's awesome. Yep, yep, hands everywhere. Amazing. What I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna give one last opportunity to everybody in this room. I'm gonna count to three and then move on. And if you wanna be in right standing with God, just to make sure that you know that you know, I'm gonna pray a little prayer, get you to repeat after me, after the service. I'll do it right now, in fact, and it'll take 30 seconds, but I'm gonna count to three. If you wanna be, make sure that you know, you pop your hand up. One, two, three, is there anyone else? Praise God, praise God, yeah, awesome. Cool. 
going to do right now is we're going to pray. I'm going to say something and if you're comfortable to do so, you say something as well. It's a call and answer. So I'm going to say some words. You just repeat what I say. And then what you're doing with this prayer is you're thanking God for Jesus and you're asking Him to forgive you so that you can be in right standing with God. So I'll, I'll start and you repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank You for Jesus. I thank You that He died for the stuff I've done wrong. I ask that You would forgive me. Jesus, I believe in You. I believe You died and rose again. Please be a part of my life. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen, Amen.